Welcome to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dino Watt, and excited to have you here for another episode where we get to interview professionals helping you understand the best practices for you, your practice, and your business. And again, thank you everybody for sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really means a lot to me and it helps grow the information that we're trying to get out there. And if you know anybody that you would like to suggest to be a guest on the podcast, always remember to reach out at dino at dinowatt.com. Now, in today's episode, we are going to talk to somebody who I believe is going to help us understand more how we can grow our financial wealth and not really be stuck in the place of just being the product. So one of the challenges I have in my business, obviously, is there's only one Dino. There's only 365 days of the year. And here we are sitting in April and my year is already sold out. I literally don't have a weekend available that I can go out to your offices anymore. And the challenge with that, obviously, is I can't scale my business other than raising my prices. So what else can I do to actually grow my income, grow my net worth? Yes, there's investing. Yes, there's stocks. Yes, there's cryptocurrency. But today we're going to talk about a whole different mindset on how you can grow your wealth. And I'm super excited to have Kim Daly here as our expert on franchising and understanding how to create financial freedom through franchising. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dino. I'm excited as you're excited. This is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I got to tell you, Kim, I have been uh, toying with the idea. My wife and I have toyed with the idea of franchising for a very long time. And I know that you and I talked a little bit in the in the pre-interview here about there's so many different ways. It's not all Chick-fil-A. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but there are different ways, right? Uh, there's a, just to give you an idea of where our brain, I'm always thinking of different types of ideas and stuff we can do for business. And I don't know if you've heard of, you're in New Hampshire. Have you heard of a company called Swig? No. Okay. So, so Swig is a local company. They're here in Utah and Arizona, and I want to say in Idaho. And basically what they've done is they have taken soda, like Coke, Pepsi, Diet Coke, whatever. And they remember when we were kids, they used to do a suicide where you would like you would join a whole bunch of sodas together, like your Sprite, your Pepsi, your orange soda, your orange Fanta. And you would drink that. Did you ever do that? Or is I just, I never did it. What? Okay. Oh yeah. You're all into health. So So growing up, that was like our little thing called a suicide. It was like every flavor of soda in one thing. Well, they've taken this idea and they do mixed soda drinks together where they put like ice uh, coffee creamers or different, uh, strawberry puree and basically make them flavored sodas. It is no joke. Every day at noon, there are lines around the corner. Now there's probably about five different iterations of this type of company, Fizz, Swig, Thirst, all these ones, and they're all killing it. So my wife and I were like, oh, what if we did that? But when you said not all franchises are Chick-fil-A, that's what made me think, oh yeah, that's true. There's not, there's little opportunities out there. So that's my little rant there for you, just knowing this is how excited I am about this topic because I'm really curious. But as we do in every show, Kim, will you please tell us your story? How did you get involved in this? How did you create this niche that has really been helping people across the country? Okay, love it. I want to go back to what you were just talking about. It's more interesting than me, but I'll <laughs> I'll do a, I'll do a quick little bio. So right, like the question in franchising always, you know, is like, how did franchising find you? Like nobody yeah. wakes up and goes, oh yeah, right. Like we're all in search of something, control, more money, time, building wealth, diversification in our portfolio, and you're you're looking around for an opportunity at oh franchise. What is that, right? Right. My my story is a little bit different, actually. I was actually on my way to medical school. Um, my whole life was about going to medical school. I wanted to work with professional athletes, or so I thought. Okay. <laughs> and I answered a classified ad in the newspaper in the summer between undergrad and med school. And it literally changed the course of my life. Only looking back, it really didn't. Because when I was 15, I told my parents, I want to be a motivational speaker. Because oh. my parents were big in Amway and we'd go to all these like rallies. Oh yeah, and Amway. Like, I want to be the person on the stage, you know, like, but I didn't want to like sell Amway. Like, how do you Love do it. that? You know, so a little girl dream, you can't figure that out. Tuck that away, straight A student, go to medical school, do the practical thing. And so anyway, 
if you look at what I'm doing today, I mean, it pretty much I'm living my dream of like motivating people, inspiring people to yep. change their life. So um, that it, I, it, it just by luck, if you will, I ended up in franchising and franchising has been the vehicle that's driven my life personally, professionally and financially to heights I can't even imagine. Wow. I never went to med school. I've never looked back and I'm so passionate about franchising because of what it's afforded me. And that's how I position it to everybody that I get to meet. We're not going to talk about the widget. We're talking about the outcome. What are you mm -hmm. trying to create in your life? And then can we use a franchise business to drive you to that place? Well, I love that because one of the concerns, you know, when you think about doing a new business or whatever, like it's, it's no picnic being an entrepreneur and I've been doing it for over 25 years the ups yeah. and downs, the roller coasters, all that stuff. And every time I've thought about, well, what if we we bought some franchise about X or Y or Z? It always makes me go, oh, is that going to be more on my workload? Like that's going to be more for me to do. I'm just, am I just buying myself another job? Because that's the last thing I need, right? So I can understand where a lot of people might have misconceptions around franchising. So let's break it down. What is the, in the most basic form, what is franchise ownership? What is it, What do you mean by that? Okay. So when you invest in a franchise and actually, you know, former entrepreneurs like myself, because I also became an entrepreneur before I really got established in my franchise, but former entrepreneurs are the easiest people to convince of the true value proposition of a franchise. Oh, nice. <laughs> Love you, it. If you started a business from scratch, you know, firsthand how hard it is. It is. It's so lonely. Like there's nobody there. So when you look at what is the real value in a franchise, first of all, you're buying down the learning curve of starting a business. So yes, mm -hmm. you're still starting a business, just not on your own. You're mm -hmm. buying into the proven recipe that somebody else has already figured out. And then most important even to that is you're buying a partnership. So with my candidates, when, when I'm talking about specific brands, I'm like, look, we're not looking for a widget, a product or a service to bring to market. We're looking for a partnership. Look up at the people. You need to find your people because ultimately a franchise is a brand mm -hmm. and the people behind the brand have a vision for how that brand is going to be carried out. Like let's use Chick-fil-A because everybody knows Chick-fil-A, you know. People sure. are like, I want to own one because they think it's massively successful. Well, yes, but that's because for years up until this moment, the, the franchise owners have executed with such consistency mm. on a vision that was carried out by Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, right? Based on principles, based on leadership, excellence, right? All the way down the line. And it's so carefully executed and carried out and repeated that now when you look at that brand, it is build it and they come. Mm -hmm. But you, so when we're talking to franchise owners, it's like, where in the life cycle do you want to begin? Do you want to be a part of that magical ride of building that brand to be a part of that equity? Or do you want to jump in once everybody's already done it? And really the equity moment is probably past. Right. And that doesn't mean that Chick-fil-A's that would go for sale today are not worth money. They certainly are. But the people who create that brand and bring it to a point in time where it does feel like build an income, those people have the best locations in a market. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking to create an exit strategy, that's the moment when you want to be positioning to sell. That's when we saw Planet Fitness owners cashing out for eight multiples, Massage Envies cashing out for six multiples, Orange Theory, same thing. These brands, yeah. they have a moment. It doesn't hang on. It's just a moment. So, so your job is to kind of figure out where those moments are and to capitalize on those, or how do you position yourself for that? Yep. So my job as a franchise consultant, first of all, I offer a free service. My candidates don't pay me any money. If you think about it from the franchisor's perspective, they pay me. I'm like a recruiter for franchising. Oh. Okay. So I, I'm out here trying to find people that are at a time in their life where maybe they're in career transition or they're hungry for more. They've hit a glass ceiling. They're looking for diversification in their real estate portfolio. There's some pain points. So they're looking for more control, freedom, passion, all of those things. And then I look at what are your goals personally, professionally, and financially? Where do you want to be in three, five, 10 years? 
And then I, with my 20 years of relationships in franchising, I build that model and then I bring them my top three to five options that match the characteristics of what they're trying to accomplish, that have open territory where they live and that they're financially qualified to be to own. So I'm doing all of the pre-qualification work, setting expectations, and then coaching the mindset for candidates. That's why franchisors pay me. But on the flip side, for you, the listener, I'm doing all of that for you. So you're not going to spend six months trying to figure out what you don't know. In order yeah, to say that's yes such a headache. Yeah. You yeah. just get to come to me, know that the path even to getting to the right franchise is already well paved because I've been doing this for 20 years and I have 20 years of experience and relationships that you get to leverage for free. Wow. I just, that this makes me think of the, the relief of all the, not only the research, but the unknowns and having an advisor like you to be able to say, okay, well, based upon your goals, what you have available, what you can do time, this, these are the best options for you. I want to be clear though about the difference between, so are you talking, are most franchises that you are going to help people purchase ground up or are they buying out another business that's a franchise? Uh, so I am contracted with franchisors for new locations. Oh, so, okay. But, but let's say that I'm going into a market. I'm looking in Las Vegas. Let's say I was just doing territory checks in Vegas this morning. And I'm thinking of a particular brand and I asked for open territory and they're like, hey, we have a resale right there. Would your candidate be interested in taking over an existing business for sale? Oh. Maybe. Then I can bring that. But if you're looking for an already established up and running business with specific numbers for one for that location where you're going to pay a multiple of that, that would be a business broker, not a franchise consultant. Got it. Okay. That's a really good clarification because my immediate my immediate thought earlier was, you know, there's companies like I've always wanted to own a car wash, for example. But that's about going and buying an existing car wash. You're showing people how they could build a new brand new business, quote unquote, but through a franchise that it has the track record of being successful. It has the support system behind them, but you are starting it fresh in your own world. Correct. You get okay. to be the one kind of growing that business into maturity versus stepping in and trying to take over what somebody else has created, you know, learning on the job, if you will, maybe putting even more money after you paid some multiple in order to sort of like clean it up and take it to the next level. This is you sort of like birthing that baby from the mm. beginning and then bringing it to maturity and hopefully being the one who positions it to sell it. I'm a big advocate of building a business to sell it. It's like yeah. sitting on equity in your home. It's like, I mean, if your brand has equity and it's at a peak moment, like don't be so in love with your yourself, like sell the business, right, you sell know? the business. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. And what, and also, Dino, you know, a lot of times people come to me and they, they are like, Oh, I can't invest in like, let's say their, their, their passion is fitness. And, and we all deem that that would be a great opportunity for them because it matches the other characteristics, not just because they're passionate about fitness, mm -hmm. but let's say it is, but then they're like, yeah, but is anybody going to want to come to my yoga studio in 10 years? I'm like, look, you know, if you're building a business to sell it in seven to eight years and you get there and you're having the time of your life and you don't want to get out, then you can, that's a win. But if you get in and you, a franchise agreement is 10 years anyway, and at year seven or so, you're like, you know what, I'm getting a little tired of this. You know, I want to, I think I could sell it for some multiple then it's a win. I want to set you up to be in that winning mindset either way, you know, and it takes the weight out of the decision when you're trying to decide if 10, 15, 20 years from now, the consumer is still going to want what you're offering. It's too big of a decision. And anyway, that's not a problem that you, the franchisee have to solve. That's a problem for the franchisor, right? That's why we're in business for uh, ourselves, but not by right. ourselves, right? Right. Because it's their job. You're paying them a royalty. That's why you're paying month. them, yeah. Yeah, and it's their job to keep your business on the cutting edge, to keep ahead of the trends, ahead of the competition, adapting and changing to recessions and pandemics and whatever else comes your way. That's uh -huh. one of the biggest advantages is that you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. Okay, so now I, I have two questions that you you said something earlier. I want to make sure I, I click on I, I I point on, but there's also something I want to go back to. You were talking about when you're building up the brand and catching it at a certain moment. So 
I'm I'm assuming you're aware of Crumble, right? So across the country now, the Crumble cookies, they're all over the place. They started here. I have a neighbor who owns three or four franchises, one across the street from Disneyland. When that's actually one of the companies that we I'm thought like, about. So uh, there's way more into. money to be made in other things. If they good. Me, okay, good. I love hearing that. <laughs> so the question I have on that is that there's a company, for example, when we went to go look at, we're like, okay, maybe we'll look into getting a, a Crumble franchise. When it's already sold out across the country, is that when you know it's already saturated and you're not building up the brand anymore? Now you're just the chick-fil-a now or how do you how do you kind of time or know when you're in the, that process that you're saying earlier of building up the brand versus already an established brand like or i guess they're all established brands but like a chick-fil-a versus a crumble if you will yeah i mean it's part of your due diligence process to figure out where in their growth trajectory are they you know how many units have they sold how many do they have open how many do they plan to sell so some businesses can sell thousands of locations some can sell a couple hundred just mm. based on like if you have a servicing area in like a a tree cutting franchise and they sell you a population of a half a million dollars and the average franchisee buys i mean a half a million people and the average franchisee buys at least two territories. You're not going to have thousands of franchise owners at 500 territories. You may have the entire country sold out. Right? right. So, you know, it depends on each business and how they are cutting up the market, which will be based on how much geography in an in individual owner needs to maximize a territory. So, I mean, I, I love, I'm not a, a food and retail girl. There's no money in that relative to other types of businesses. Oh, and interesting. You can see momentary blips where it looks like, wow, that they must be minting money. But when you look at the number of hours, the number of moving parts in terms of the minimum wage labor, the high fixed costs you have, the perishable product you have, relative to other things that I can show you, you will never pick that Ooh, if you stay like open that. to my process. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, All right. I'm the queen of the low fixed cost, high margin. Ooh. And if you throw in reoccurring revenue, that's my trifecta, Dino. I'm in every time. And so that's like, if awesome. you think of like that yoga studio example I gave, like I'm not opposed to anything in brick and mortar. I mean, I do love non-brick and mortar more, but if you're going to take on the space of brick and mortar, there are some advantages for an owner in that in terms of more time freedom and flexibility from day one, because typically in brick and mortar, you can hire to the experience of the business from mm. day one. Mm. And that gives that owner more flexibility to be the CEO working on rather than in, in more sure. of a part-time capacity with a manager. But so in that type of a, a model, you have fixed expenses, but you also have predictable cash flow. So if you're working with an experienced franchisor that has a membership, you're going to start selling membership during construction. In a small boutique setting of a thousand square feet, you may reach your break even, your 20 grand a month with 200 members before your physical doors are even open. Wow. I'm in all day long if that's the scenario. Yeah, yeah. Even if it took you 90 days past your grand opening to sure. get to break even. What I don't like are big retail establishments or, but meaning like inventory that you're moving or food. <laughs> where you have all these fixed expenses and then you need a year or more of working capital because it's going to take that long to build predictable cash flow. Like that's a nightmare if you want to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not it's no good. It's no good. They're just easier, faster, better ways that if you come to Kim Daily, I'll lead you to. Well, I think you're talking a lot of people's language right now because obviously most of the listeners of this show are your doctors, dentists, orthodontists, chiropractors who don't have extra time. They might have a little more expendable cash. There is obviously people who even listen to the show who have just recently may, might have sold their practice to a corporate entity, a DSO, OSO, where they have expendable cash, and but they still are working the job. They still love what they're doing. So to be able to say, oh, let's create a company that, or let's do it, uh, buy a franchise that it's going to start making you and you're not having to be the person in in the job, in the work you can actually be the CEO of that is super uh, attractive, I'm sure to so many people. But that brings me to my next question. You mentioned something earlier about if health is your passion mm, and go there. Question. So yes. talk to me about passion versus opportunity. That question. So astute. Okay. So 
Um, the first thing I'm going to do when a candidate comes to me is remove their attachment to the widget. Like everybody okay. starts out right with, I got to own the crumble or I got to own the, yes. you know, the CrossFit. Okay. And I'm not saying we're not going there, but that can't be why, because here's why. If you start with your passion, it's a dead end. Because if that passion does not have strong, that franchise does not have strong leadership or a vision for the future or the financial capability to build a brand. And let's say that you get in and you can't make money at it. The kind of money that's going to set you financially free. And you're, you're like, you're stuck in, in, in it because you're passionate about it. Well, if you're not making money and it's not buying you time freedom, you just bought yourself another job. Yes. You haven't accomplished anything. So now you not only do you lose your investment, but now you lose your passion for your hobby. Yes. <laughs> if we can instead open your mind to say, what if we can take the characteristics that you love about that environment? Maybe it's selling something that makes people happy or it's like life-giving environment or it's, you know, it's something that not fast food. If you're a health professional, you know, I want to do something that's in line with my values. I'd be okay opening a juice bar can, but not a McDonald's. So we'll right. take those characteristics and we can find you an opportunity that creates the financial future that you want, because first and foremost, this is an investment and then buys you the time freedom, the flexibility, the control over your time. I can guarantee you, if I can find you an opportunity where you can connect the dots and make money and have time, you're going to fall in love with whatever little widget it is that creates those other two, yes, right? Totally. So, so long as the business aligns with who you are and your status parameters, like for some people, they want to have a sexy business. For other people, the color of money is sexy. That's right. So, this is these are the kind of conversations that we have before I ever go do any research. I think that's so, so important. I'm so glad you yeah, said. I wanted to give a couple of ideas, not to cut yeah. you off, but when you were no, talking please. about like the health professionals, I'm like, yes, because like let's say that you're a chiropractor and you're looking for diversification of revenue, right? So you have all these members that come in for their back, their spine health, right? And maybe you sell supplements to them too. What if you could double dip? What if you could add on a business that you know these people are interested in, like IV drip bar or an infrared sauna place or a massage place or a stretch lab, right? Like, I mean, come on, the chiropractor has to be telling people they need to stretch their hands. Totally, before, right? right? Yeah. So like, what if you had, like, here, you can come here when your back is like, you know, tweaked, but go over here to my neighboring business and for the preventative, you know, and you're making money off of both, both ways. So there's so many opportunities in franchising in the health, wellness, self-care space that could be a direct correlation or just probably in line with your values as a health professional that you could see an opportunity in. Oh my gosh, I would love that conversation all day. That is so cool. I love that. And I love that learning how to double dip, as you say, or align your franchise with the thing that you're already providing, just expanding that. Um, yes. What are like, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're thinking, oh, these are really sparking new ideas for me in different places. First of all, before I go to my next question, I just want to ask, like, what are some of the most non-suspecting franchises you have dealt with before or seen out there? Like, I would love okay. to hear some of the- Love it. I, I remember back in the day, you know, different uh, types of businesses that would just pop up. Everybody's got an idea. But franchising, it's a proven idea. It's something that people are going to support you with. I'd love to hear some of the really, what's the weirdest ones? I know <laughs> businesses that you would be shocked that you would, you may even as a consumer interact with and would never even know their franchise businesses. Did you know, do you know that there's a tree cutting franchise out there called Monster Tree Service? Did not know like, that. I can guarantee you, nobody ever came to Kim Daly and said, oh yeah, show I, me a tree cutting franchise. Right. But let me tell you, when we had that, it's completely sold out in the country. We sold that thing like we were giving it away. And it was wow. a really big investment because of all the capital. Okay, how about this one? We had another huge run with a business called Smash My Trash. Okay. So this is a commercial trash compactor that goes B2B. So it goes to a business that has a commercial dumpster, like any commercial construction site, like a um, remodeling, if you're sure. rehabbing a house or a, uh -huh. proper, a commercial property, 
and at hotels, restaurants. I mean, there's all kinds of commercial dumpsters out there, right? Yeah. So this machine comes in, it looks like a huge rolling pin and it goes down into the, the dumpster and it flattens it. And it's so powerful. It can take a steel drum and like flatten it. Like as if you stepped on a Coke can. Wow. So it reduces the Holloway volume for the business, saves them money. It's a green company because it's less gas emissions, right? So, and it's repeatable. It's trash. It's repeatable. It's inside wow. sales and a commercial driver and, and another guy to help him move the, the, so a small team of people, reoccurring revenue, trash. It's never going anywhere. Don't tell me it's going to run out. Right. You're going to run out of business, right? It has all the characteristics that so many people want, but are you kidding me? There's a franchise that does that? Yes. Wow. Wow. What is the, uh, what's the lowest barrier of entry financially, uh, education wise business you've seen out there? Okay. Love that question. So there really is no prior experience or education that's necessary. Completely false that you need an MBA or you have to have been a business owner. Like, I don't even need you to have graduated from high school. Like if you're a process follower and you're hungry and you've got some money, chances are with the right leadership, you can, you can build it. Now it's always going to be on you, the owner to make this right. There's no guarantees, right? right. The sure. risk is, can you show up? If you're partnered with really strong people who have a track record, the risk in that is you. You're the biggest determining factor to your success or failure. So There's true. this silent myth out there that like, it's the franchisor's job to make me successful. So when you come with work, work with me, we're going to squish that expectation because it's absolutely untrue. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story of how I've been a franchisee now for 20 years. Mm. And I spent eight years as an average performing franchise consultant. And then one year later, back in 2011, I made history in my industry. So I was the same me. My franchise process was the same, but I created two very different realities. And after I did that, and more importantly, after I repeated it a few times, I was sort of like, oh, I had this like big breakthrough moment about ownership and control and focus and consistency. The things that really drive not just top performance, but success versus failure. Hmm. So when people ask me like, how am I, you know, how can I guarantee I'm going to be successful? Now I actually have an answer. There's no guarantee, but you are the guarantee if you do certain things. So I got to so ask. Part, yeah. Oh. Like the other part of your question, the, the minimum level of investment, you know, this is an investment. So hmm. even my lowest investments, which are probably 60 to 80,000 all in, I really need you to have a hundred to 150. Like I'm not going to be the consultant that pushes you into something that you can barely afford. Like I'm like, you look, gonna have the double the amount reason, of the investment. Yeah, man. The number one reason you're going to fail is you're going to run out of money. That's yeah. the surest and fastest way to fail. So don't, don't put yourself in that, in that position, but Money and time are inversely related in my equation. And I set that up with everybody that I work with in great detail before I ever ask you about how much money you think you want to put in. I'm going to explain to you what your money buys and what different businesses look like and cost and why. Um, but basically money and time are inversely related. So a very low investment of money translates to a high investment of owner time commitment if you're a busy medical professional looking for diversification, chances are we're going to need more assets because we're going to need more money to build the infrastructure, right. pay a manager to run this thing for you, hire people so that you can maintain both businesses and be the CEO versus the worker in it. So, I mean, there's all levels of investment from 50, 60, $70,000 to two, three, four, five million dollars and all kinds of options in the middle. Yeah, I'm so. sure. So what was your first franchise you owned? It's the one I'm still part of. I am 100% dedicated to my franchise consulting business. Uh, so I am, uh, we're not actual franchisees, but we're set up exactly like that. I'm, co I'm considered a, an independent consultant, mm. but I pay royalties. I'm trained by a corporate office. I live the life of a franchisee in my company, which is called Fran Choice. Brand choice. 
Yep. So we help people make franchise choices. Nice. Okay. Um, I would love to hear like your favorite success story, your favorite story of someone who was maybe trepidatious about getting involved and not sure. And of course you helped them with their mindset and all that, but it just became almost a lifesaver in that sense. Like there's always those really cool rags to riches stories. Do you have one of those? I definitely, I definitely do. So this was about maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, I'd say more of a rookie consultant. I mean, I was about 10 years into my, um, my role here, but you know, experience is always the greatest teacher in life. Right. Mm -hmm. So back in the day when people would ask me, you know, are you going to tell me if I'm, if I, if I'm the right candidate for this, I used to think I could answer that question. And now I'm a hundred percent sure that I can't. So I met a guy and I would tell you back when I met him that he was probably clinically depressed. Mm. He hated his miserable job. He came from a manufacturing background, um, kind of more of like a, an um, like an individual contributor, no real leadership skill coming in, um, minimal amount of money, enough that I could work with it, but not a ton. And anyway, I remember calling one franchisor and saying to the franchisor, you need to help my candidate figure out not to buy a franchise. Like, I want you to keep creating barriers because I don't want this on my conscience. Like this wow. guy is not destined to own a business, in my opinion. Yeah. So today that guy is this, he's part of a franchise that has, has 900, about 900 franchisees. He's consistently in the top 25, not 25%. I mean, the top 25. Wow. He's in a, he's in a window treatment franchise. They do shutters and blinds and shades. And he does over $200,000 a month. He's in a small New England state, a very, not a Connecticut or a Massachusetts, a smaller state than that. And he does over $200,000 a month wow. in window treatments. Who knew? And, and he'll tell, he'll tell, he volunteers to validate with new people coming into the business. And he will tell you this business changed my life. Wow. And you know, all I can say, Dino, is it's the testament to an incredibly powerful system and a franchisor that had great coaching practices in place to help grow him up. And then it's a testament to his very strong why, what was motivating him to want to change his life and his ability to humble himself, like drop his ego, follow their lead, ask for support when he needed it and hang in there and figure it out. And he figured it out to the maximum level. Well, that brings up a, a good question of how, how do you, or I'm sure you do. So I'm going to assume that you do match up the right franchisor with the person. Like there's obviously yeah. certain characteristics. There's certain traits. Like you're talking about this gentleman, how do you match them up and make sure, Oh yeah, you're going to probably, if you do it, if you work it, you'll thrive in this area versus eh, that's probably not the best fit for you franchise or wise. So I don't make any claims to whether people will be successful or not, because again, I've done it long enough to watch people sure. that when I meet them, I think, oh, this person's going to crush it. And then they don't. they don't. And people like that guy who I'm like, oh my God. And then he does, you know? So yeah. What you do after your wedding day, that's what I call, I call this a dating process. And my job is to get you to your wedding day and marry you off. But how your happily ever turns out is 100% on you. Okay. So there's that. But so it really comes down to, like I said, in the beginning, you're finding your people. And I have, I have 20 years in hundreds of relationships. I know the inside culture mm. of different franchises. Like if I meet a military guy, total alpha, you know, like just loves like fast pace, super entrepreneurial, but wants the structure of a franchise. I mean, I have two brands immediately, I think. Because the culture of those companies is sort of like that boys club mentality. You know, it's it's hard charging. It's, you know, we're going to help you go to seven figures in your first year. So get ready, buckle up and get ready. You know, but that that environment's not going to be right for everybody. Right. You know? and, and so 
it's a, it's a relationship thing. It's an experience thing, but ultimately I'm going to gather the characteristics that you're looking for. And then I'm going to deliver to you three to five options, not just one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to coach you through your mindset. How do you think about this? What should you be focused on? What are the questions you should be asking so you can discern for yourself? You people, people know, people yeah. know within one, my process to a yes is one to two months. My process to a no is one to two weeks, but people know within that two week period, the people that are going to say, yes, if I bring back four, they're down to two and they're already leaning into one. It, it sounds elusive when you're on the outside, but once you, your mindset is thinking about this, once we've established the foundation of how to think about this. And now you're talking to franchisors, it becomes pretty clear right, right away, especially if the candidate is really clear on their goals. So if we say that the franchise is the vehicle driving your life personally, professionally, and financially, then the gas in that vehicle is the clarity of your goals and dreams. Mm. So when you're clear on why you want the business, what you're using it for, it's easier to discern which vehicle will get you there fastest or easiest or, you know, again, whatever your, what, what, what your goals are to match your goals. Well, let's, uh, let's piggyback on that for just a moment, because I'd love to know, let's just say I've been listening to this episode for the last you know 30 minutes and I'm sitting in my car thinking, okay, so how do I know if I am number one ready to become a franchisee or, or just take the steps and think about it. And, and what do I need to kind of goals wise is number one, but what else do I need to do to prepare myself for this type of journey to see if it's right for me? All you need to do is reach directly out to Kim Daly because we are going to do <laughs> all it. of that prep work together. So before we get into a full hour long consultation, I have two homework assignments for you. Uh -oh. One is a really simple questionnaire that's going to draw out of you, get you just by the types of questions I'm asking, pulls out of you the information we're going to be using to build your model. Then I'm going to have you fill out a goals and dreams worksheet for me where you and your spouse can really take some time and think about creating this future. That's what this is about, right? This is about creating a life that you get to own and control. Mm. So what do you want to create? A second home, college tuition for your children, a legacy for your kids, a job past retirement, a secondary income, like whatever it is. But the more clearly you are, even about how much money, when people say to me, well, we want to build a second income, I'm like, okay, for what? Mm. I want to know for what, and then how much. So people are like, well, we're going to retire. Well, how much money do you need to know when you can retire? Like, I want clarity. Do you, is it a net worth? I need $3 million in the bank or is it income? Is it cash flow? Mm. You know, is it, I want to, we want to create something that's generating $20,000 a month in consistent cash flow. So it's that type of clarity that I start to really, I get people into. Not everybody has it, but the people that do, it's very helpful for them, mostly. Like it, it sounds like it's for me, because, but ultimately I can't make any guarantees sure. about how much money you're ever going to make. But when you have that kind of clarity, it's easier to see because as you're looking at the wealth and how it's created in a franchise, it will always be created through scale. So it's if you have a cleaning company, it's never about one team, right? It's revenue per team. Mm -hmm. If you have a junk removal company, it's revenue per truck. How can I scale and leverage multiple trucks across my territory? If you have a brick and mortar location, it's never going to be about one. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing about that. It's a costly investment and it's going to have to be multiplied to make any real money in any kind of a franchise, including a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's. Mm. So it's a, it's a crazy thing. And you may be able to run $5 million out of a location, but at probably an eight or a 10% margin, you yeah. know? Compared to something that has a higher margin where on a million dollars in revenue, you might be able to pull out a 25% way more efficient vehicle, right? Sure. Well, right. you're just saying, yeah, yeah. Because what I, so I always use the phrase clarity is power. And so with those questionnaires that you go through, not only getting clear for yourself of where you need to want to steer people or tell them where their options are, but for the person 
to know really why are they doing this and hopefully to go back to that when it gets guys get a little challenging and to make the best choice when you are presenting with the options they have you know a lot of our listeners are private practice owners themselves and so you know there's a couple of options in their world today i've been saying this for a couple of years now that uh corporate is really big in our space right now a lot of venture capitalists have come in and said hey let's gather a whole bunch of money together and buy out small practices for a, a nice multiple and it, it, it's it's a good option and so i always say there's three options right now number one you're gonna eventually sell to a dso oso corporate number two you're gonna sell your practice off to uh an, a, an associate once you find somebody who will do that for you and you're probably going to take it over time not in one big lump sum uh, or three, you're just squeezing the heck out of that business right now to get as much cash as you can to put in a, some other retirement so you don't have to bank on this being your golden parachute. Well, what you've done over this last 30, 40 minutes is opened my eyes to the idea that, oh, there's another option here. There's a fourth option where while you're working your business now, the thing you love, the thing you provide for as an amazing service you actually can have a whole different income stream. And I would say probably most people think about it, think of real estate as their go-to, but here's an option for them to create a whole nother brand, whole new business with, depending on the investment, obviously, the uh, different amount of time investment for them, um, but it gives them more options. And that's really powerful. And I hope people who are listening are realizing this is really a great option that maybe they hadn't thought about before. I love the way you position that. Yes, it's cash flow, it's equity, and it's tax advantage, right? Everything that a business is. Yeah. And so compared to real estate, oftentimes when people are at that fork in the road, they are considering, should I buy another property or buy a property or an yeah. Airbnb? When you look at the franchise, the franchise can typically outproduce the cash flow in a faster time frame than real estate ever could. You know, long term, maybe they get you to the same place, but over here in the business, you get the business cash flowing return plus the equity plus the tax advantage. Plus the opportunity to sell that at a multiple at a higher multiple, probably then on average, what uh properties over a 10-year period of time going up 10, 15%. You're probably going to get a higher multiple through a franchise if you're working it when you sell it in seven to whatever years, if you do. Wow. Interesting. I, without making an earnings claim, I would just shake my head and go, yeah, we, we can explore that together for sure. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. There's lots of options in the healthcare. You know, you wouldn't even have to venture to something unknown to you if you like doing what's more known to you. Sometimes it's easier to do something unknown to you, which sounds mm -hmm. weird, but Sometimes when people know too much about something, it's really hard to be coachable. Mm, that's true. <laughs> you know, like it's, I have this fun little soccer programming franchise, which is, I mean, the net margin is business is absolutely insane. It's soccer programming for toddlers and kids. It's not rocket science. It's super fun. No fixed costs. I mean, you're renting a field. You're not, you don't own the space. Right. And I, every time I meet a soccer person who played D1 soccer or whatever, like they never pick it. If I get a if I get a mom and dad who have a kid in toddler soccer, they're all over it. But right. if you want soccer, it's like why? And it's just this like hurdle that when we know something about it, we create unnecessary angst. And so sometimes staying in what you know is good, but there's lots of options in the healthcare space. I mean, one of the biggest franchises we we launched last year was a mental health clinic. Very important business. Um, the first of its kind as a franchise hmm. and uh, got uh, acquired into private by private equity. The entire franchise did, which is amazing because wow. that just, that just lifts the entire brand equity right away and allows there to be more money for the, to build out all these locations and get these franchisees successful. But then the, in the senior space, you know, big medical space, you know, our aging parents and grandparents and all of the services that are available for them, we have drug testing labs. We have chiropractor businesses that are franchises. We have all of the, the self-care things, like I mentioned, like drip and cryotherapy and uh, saunas and, and you know, your longevity businesses that do anti-aging solutions. So you wouldn't have to venture too far yeah. or we could do something completely different like laundry. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so, depending on how boring you want to go. 
Well, what's interesting is, yeah, I don't care if it's boring, if it's making me money, it's, it's funny because a lot of the businesses that I've thought of doing or creating don't really have anything to do with what I do. I see something. And so my focus is, is it a viable option for a business? Is it something that's going to, to help me accomplish the goals that you talked about earlier? And I think that's why that process is really, I, I don't know if it's unique, but it's definitely needed because you want. I would think that you would want people who are focused on what's going to hit their goals, not necessarily their passion. I don't believe in having a business only from their passion. I have a process that I talk about in one of my speeches around uh, people think that passion creates mastery, but in truth, mastery creates passion. And, there you go. and so when you really look at the numbers and, okay, well, if my goal is to have the passive income, to be able to take my, put my kids through college, to you know, not worry about this being my only source of retirement, whatever it is. Now you're looking at it as in a logical space, as opposed to an emotional state. Emotional. Correct. And so I love that. Wow. I've learned so much. It. Oh, my pleasure. And people always say, oh my gosh, Kim, how do I get a little bit of passion like you? And you know what you just said? Mastery creates passion. It is definitely not like I will. God then was like, oh yeah, yeah <laughs> but you know what? As I've learned to master what I do and feel totally in control of driving whatever I want to create with my business, my passion has gone through the roof. Sure. Right? I yeah. get more excited about helping you because I see what can be done as I grow and I'm able to master what I do. It inspires me to like, want to help more people have that same type of passion in their life through a franchise. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Uh, we, this is a part of the show where we usually go through some rapid fire questions just to kind of pick your brain a little bit. And I'm going to change it up a little bit for all, all of our regular listeners um, because we're not going to focus so much on practices, what's going on inside the practice. But I still think there's a couple of questions that will really help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play, I think. <laughs> All right. So first one is, um, what is a book that you think every entrepreneur should be reading? Hands down, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Oh, life changing, game changing truth. Deep I cut. I paid my kids to read that book. You, you what's that? I paid them. I paid my kids to read that book. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I pay my kids to read the books that like the Ain't no shame in that game. Babylon. Yep. Yeah, I have no shame in that game. I, I have no problem bribing children to do what I need them to do. It's totally good. That's how I got through parenthood. It's awesome. Uh, okay. So first of all, uh, second of all, sorry, let's have people know how they can reach out to you and, and connect with you. I mean, listen, if you're listening to this right now, and I, hear, I hope you heard it twice. She talked about, this is a free opportunity for you. It's complimentary. It's for you just to reach out and find out if this is the right fit for you. Why would you not do this if you're in any type of serious business or any type of serious wanting to make more money? So please give them the best ways to reach out to you. The best way is absolutely through my YouTube channel. So I have over 500 pieces of content. Everything I've created wow. from my, my podcast to Instagram to LinkedIn, it's everywhere, but it's all housed right at Kim Daly, D-A-L-Y dot TV. And of course, from there, all of my contact um, links are there and you can email me directly and I will reach out to you within one business day. Love that. Awesome. Okay. So you've had a lot of advice given to you throughout the years. You've learned a lot. If you can narrow down, I know it's a hard question. What's the one piece of life or business advice you've received that you think is the most valuable? That is a hard question. I know. Um, I'm going to go with my instinct says that if you have a dream, you have to pursue it, meaning take action. What I find is so many people have a dream and they, they overthink it. They talk themselves out of it rather than talk themselves into it, take action and move toward it. It's the action and the trial and error that leads you to the outcome, not the thinking about it. That just talks you out of it and you'll never do anything. So true. Uh, what's a resource or tool that you think every business owner should use to grow their business that they might not be using right now? 
a mentor and or a business coach. Yep. I, I, I've become my own, but had I had a business coach from the beginning, because I didn't have a background, I was a medical student, Mm, (laughs) you know, I, I had to master myself, but having somebody and really, Dino, it's the two, there are two key pivotal people in my career. When you look at the trajectory, trajectory of my business, going from average to history making, and then history making to making my own history. It was because I had two mentors at the right time who pushed my thinking to new places and belief in myself. They, you know, kind of put the wing, the, the, the breath in me, and then I went off and did it. So I think it's really important to have somebody who can help you through, mentor you through and to your goals. Well, I can easily tell you that you put a new breath into all of us today with your mentoring because- there's new ways of thinking now. I mean, seriously, I'm going to be having a conversation with my wife tonight around different ideas because it it just, you know, when you know better, you do better. When you have new knowledge, you're able to expand your world and your horizons. And I hope that every person listening to the show is like me here where I'm going, wow, there's so many more opportunities than I thought because it's just not something that I have been men- mentored in. You can see the label outside the jar, right? I'm standing inside of it. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I can't read it. You're the person to be able to see all the options. I would never have thought of a a tree cutting business, a a trash mashing business, right? But obviously you have the resources out there. It is so worth anybody listening to you right now, just reaching out and finding out more information. Thank you for blessing us with such amazing information and knowledge. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. Thank that you was so much. so much fun. I really appreciate it. So please make sure you go to Kim daily, D a L Y dot TV to reach out to Kim and find out more about her franchise opportunities. You, you, you owe it to yourself to do it, especially in the world's climate today. Everybody listening, make sure you do that. Well, Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the ProPrinter podcast and uh, for always being such a supporter in all that we're doing here on the show. Remember, our goal is always to help you be more productive, profitable, and passionate in what you do. We'll see you next time, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to the ProPrinter podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.